from the Summer Skate Studios behind the mask hockey shops present College Hockey West Weekly. Behind the Masks, College Hockey West Weekly is brought to you by Desert Toyota of Tucson. No gimmicks, no games, just a great car and a great experience. Find us at deserttoyota.com or at 7150 East 22nd Street in Tucson. Top Golf, let us help you reimagine your next business meeting or team building event. See your regional center or go to topgolf.com. The NCHC and nchc.tv. Subscribe to nchc.tv to watch the best in college hockey since 2013. Behind the Mask Hockey Shops. Visit any of our Three Valley locations or go to behindthemask.com whether you're on ice or in line. Jets Pizza. Whether it's our legendary Detroit-style square or New York-style thin crust, Jets Pizza is better because it has to be. Caesars Entertainment Resorts and Casinos, whether it's Las Vegas or any of our other worldwide properties, an iconic vacation awaits you at any of our destinations. Liberty University, play for something more. Faith, education, and hockey at liberty.edu. By Amdrive, natural support for men looking to increase energy, strength, and drive. Always free delivery at mdriveformen.com. My summer skates, whether our original red or new black shower shoes, show your game and style at summerskates.com. Jesse Ray's Barbecue in Las Vegas, the best in barbecue Las Vegas style. Now at our two locations, the original at 5611 South Valley View Boulevard in Las Vegas and the new location at 308 North Boulder Highway in Henderson. And by College Hockey, Inc., your NCAA hockey resource. College Hockey West Weekly from the Summer Skate Studios, presented by Behind the Mask, is a part of the IcetimeHockeyWest.com network. Here are your hosts, Scott Strandy and Paul Hornstein. All right. Well, welcome in, hockey fans. It is Tuesday night, which means it is time for College Hockey West Weekly. Scott Strandy with you tonight from a very sunny, yet soon to be snowed on, I believe, Loveland, Colorado. My co-host is always Paul Hornstein on that big, beautiful palatial estate on Long Island, New York, where it's probably, I don't know, nice 70 degrees. He's probably got the servants bringing him some drinks. Uh, got his feet up, all ready to go. Paul, how are you? Well, let's just say this. Uh, I don't know if Carson lived in a dorm <laughs> when he was on when he was at ASU, but I'm sure his dorm room is probably bigger than my house. So when he hears this nonsense about a palatial estate, um, no. Uh, anyway, <laughs> how are you? Uh, I'm all right. It's always a, a great mystery to sign in because I never know uh, whether I'll be here or not, or whether you'll be there, or <laughs> you know whatever. I wasn't you know, tonight. I had to call in again. <laughs> the chauffeur has decided to go rogue and take you somewhere else. I don't know. No, I'm at a beautiful Wingate uh, Hotel, uh, nice. not far from the Budweiser Events Center. Nice. Well, of course, tonight it'll be the Bakersfield Condors and the uh, Colorado Eagles doing battle. I'll be there tomorrow night. Um, See, I th oh, I thought you were going to do the the podcast from the. No, the tomorrow night's tomorrow night's podcast will be from there. Oh, okay. But anyway, uh, yeah, I just uh, too many crazy things going on for me to uh, get over there today. But anyway. So I'm really? settled that's, into that's the never happened before. Yeah, I know. I'm settled into the wind gate and we're ready to go. Last night, um, our guest tonight and I were in attendance to watch uh the Air Force Falcons. Um 
how, how do I say this? I'm going to say, alive? let me, no, just, let me no, say it. Keep their season alive. That's no, exactly uh, what they did. No, let me say it like Frank Serratore told uh, both Carson and I. All he right, said buddy. it was a 2-1 route. <laughs> As only Frank can do it. Well, uh, yeah, I mean, who am I to argue with, with the czar? I mean, that's, you know, that's just silly. I mean, um, they just totally that. dominated and scored two goals. It was unbelievable. And was I thought. I thought goaltender Austin Park, who was in net for the uh, Falcons, played pretty well. He was a little shaky to start, but then again, when you're only facing 20, 22 shots, something like that, it's uh, it, it, it's tough to get into a flow. And even the players said that afterwards. They said, you know, we kind of put him in a bad spot. We played too well. Yeah, well, <laughs> you didn't keep yeah, him in the game. <laughs> clearly not. I mean, you know, they weren't. They were being so. You know, it's like in in Bull Durham when he says, "Stop trying to." When when Crash Davis says, "Don't try to strike everybody out." strikeouts are fascist i guess that's you, you kind of look at that game last night it's like the same thing they didn't want to let uh, austin park play so they kept the puck <laughs> out of their own end yeah and they they surely should have scored more than two goals they knew it frank said it could have been a, a six one a seven one or maybe even an eight one game um, yeah, <laughs> he also well, said they could have lost well they could have i mean how often has we seen that happen over the over the years right i mean a team totally dominates um the other team and the goalie stands on his head and, and there you go. I mean, uh, that's not the first time that that would have happened. Um, but it did seem like the game was, shall we say, Hmm, a mite chippy. Yeah, it turned, it turned out that way. And I asked the guys that, uh, what, you know, do, do you try to play it up to the line and not cross it? And uh, they said sometimes they do cross it, and they try not to. But anyway, we'll get into that with Carson in a minute. But um, I don't know if you saw uh, the NCHC players of the week, but I thought it was pretty unique. The the freshman of the week. How many many pioneers were there? No. Well, there was a couple. But anyway, um, I I was thinking more of the game between Colorado, the series between Colorado College and Omaha, because um, Caden Embarico was the goaltender of the week. But Simon says. You know who that is? Uh, I'm not even Dutch. <laughs> Jesus, Lord Almighty! Just Simon a, says, no, "Was the no. freshman goaltender of uh, was the freshman of the week as the goaltender?" So the two goaltenders from a series, which was a real battle in Omaha, ended up being um, <laughs> ended up providing the two goaltenders of the week. Well, it's kind of like last year with the, with the Hobie Baker and the and 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 the Richter Award, right? And speaking of that, uh, Devin Levi is just unbelievable. <laughs> he's, he's just, he's a, I mean, we, we, he, all you have to do is watch, and and and, and I'm sure that uh, up up there in that section of Boston, um, you know, they they knew why T.G. Septonfelter left to go to the desert, and that's because, well, you know, Devin Levi is just unbelievable. Yeah, he is one heck of a goaltender. Northeastern wins the bond. Uh, bond. Why do I say that? The, the bean, bean pot. pot. <laughs> the bean pot. God, please, yeah. can we stop with this shootout nonsense in the most prestigious <laughs> in-season regular ter- regular season tournament? Uh, Holy you, smokes. You love play that, ex- don't you? Oh, of course. Doesn't everybody? Can we please just play an extra five minutes of three-on-three? Someone's going to score. There's no – I can't even imagine a scenario – that somebody doesn't score in 10 minutes of three on three. Come on. <laughs> Holy yeah. smokes. I hear you. 
Um, Massimo Rizzo and I think Sean Barron's uh, were the two uh, Denver pioneers that, that made the NC honor NCHC honors this week. Um, a right, little well, tongue tied because I, it's been a crazy day. It's every day is crazy. So I know. anyway, I'm settled in up here in, uh, in Loveland, uh, looking forward to seeing the, uh, the AHL game tomorrow night. Um, one Carter Savoy, former pioneer playing for the Bakersfield Condors. And I'm hoping to, uh, get in touch with, uh, Alex Galchenia, All right. the, uh, the veteran playing with the Colorado Eagles and having a really good year. So that's uh, on my list for the next couple of days, along with list. seeing our friends at Peterson Toyota. You have a big list. Yeah, it's a big, long list. I got stuff to do. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, let's not mess around because we got Carson here. Let's bring on Carson Field, the ASU Cronkite alum, and now the beat reporter for the Colorado Springs Gazette. He does so many fun things. I mean, it's just, he's spoiled is what he is. Carson Scott and Paul with you. How are you? Doing great. You said it. I am spoiled. Love what I do. College hockey, (laughs) high school sports, pro sports. They have me doing it all and I love it. Uh, But yeah, thank you guys so much for having me. Great to have you on. Hold on a minute. I'm going to let the ASU alums talk to the ASU alum here in a minute. Um, (laughs) but, But last night, um, you and I had a chance to to watch uh, Air Force. And before we even get into this uh, game stuff and all this ASU alum stuff that you guys are going to chum up about, um, uh, can you imagine being on that Air Force hockey team and, well, even being on the Canisius hockey team and flying across the country after you played a weekend series, getting back into Colorado Springs, getting one night rest maybe, uh, if it was even rest, and then getting back out there and playing the way they were. And were you surprised at the energy level last night, Carson? Oh, I was, yeah. Truthfully, yeah, I can't imagine that. Um, I was very surprised how energetic, I mean, especially the Falcons were. I mean, you guys touched on it in the intro. 54 shots is absurd. That's their most since 2015 in a game. Um, So they were, you would have never known that they had just played on Saturday. I mean, you look at all the other winter sports in the NCAA, like men's and women's basketball. They have a day between each game, and that's a far less physical sport than college hockey. They're playing back-to-back games. They get two days, one day of rest. They get one day of rest, and then they play two more in a row, five, four games in five days. I mean, that's got to be so taxing on the body, and it was, all things considered, a very good hockey game. All right, well, Paul, first, take it away. <laughs> first of all, that's an NHL schedule. Yeah, it really is. That's an, four games and five nights. That's an NHL schedule. Um, at least Air Force was able to come home and play, uh, where Canisius had to fly into the altitude, both literally and figuratively. Um, and you know, for for Air Force to get fifty four shots, um, I you know I, I'm not surprised considering how desperate they had to play. Uh, I'm also unfortunately not surprised that they only got two goals. Yeah. They they have just not been scoring. Yeah, and I'm, kind of, no. and I'm kind of surprised at it because this is not a this is not an inexperienced team. And you know, I thought, and, and maybe if you look at it as they've played, I guess they've won like almost like Air Force does, uh, six and three in their last nine, going into tonight. Um. Maybe this is Air Force rounding into Air Force shape. Yeah, no, totally. Uh, 
Um, they've looked leaps and bounds better than they have. I mean, scoring still obviously been a struggle sometimes. I mean, to get 54 shots and two goals, not ideal. But, I mean, you look at their shots they had last night. So many of those 54 were very, very quality opportunities. Their goalie, Barsheski, I think I think that's how you pronounce his name. Um, he was phenomenal. I, I believe you're correct because Frank told us that how many times? 15 or 16? Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, he, he was the best player on the ice, no doubt, last night. But, thankfully, they just – Falcons just controlled the puck. And when you, when you shoot that many shots, you're going to get at least two. I know Frank said it 7-1, 8-1. But with Barshevsky, with how well Barshevsky played, it, it could have gone the other way. Paul, I don't know if you noticed that or if you even had a chance to see any of it, but he also was injured three times to the point where the trainer went out on the ice and it looked like they were going to take him out of the game only to uh, stay in there and continue to fight. Uh, I guess that's what you do if you're a hockey player. But Carson, your thoughts on that? I mean, that's just resilience. I mean, you look at one of the two goals was scored right right after that time that the trainer did come out, you all, you almost wonder, does he save that if he doesn't get shaken up, I don't know, two minutes before that play? Um, but yeah, I mean, he, that is, that's a hockey guy at its core. When a coach says, I want hockey guys on my team, you want someone who's going to be shaken up three different times in a game and still put, put out the best performance on the ice. Yeah, you're you're totally correct on that. Um, okay, so uh, we we were talking last night a little bit about the fact that you get to cover two NCAA teams in your own city. You have Colorado College, and you have Frank Serratore and the Air Force Falcons, and I should have said Chris Mayotte and Colorado College. Um, but you and I joked a little bit last night about could there be two different NCAA coaches that you have to cover, and how much fun is that for you personally? Oh, it's it's a blast. I mean, we talked about that the coaches are so different. You have this guy, Chris Mayotte, who's upper 30s, young guy, very young for a college hockey coach. And he's very businesslike. Your traditional says the right things, which is once once the right attention to the program, which is great. He does an awesome job with it. Very, very easy coach to deal with from a media perspective. And then you have Frank Serratore, who's equally awesome to deal with on a media perspective, but so different. Uh, Frank's in his mid sixties and Frank says what's on his mind. Um, that's, that's a quality I love about Frank win or lose. He is sharing his honest opinion about every part of the game and it leads to hilarious sound bites at times, but no, he's, he's obviously done a phenomenal job in his over 20 years with that program. Mayotte's in his second year, but I mean, trajectory from year one to year two, he's doing great things. So Getting to see these programs that have been so good over time. Obviously, Air Force has had more of the recent success, but CC surging, playing better than they have. It, it's a good time to be covering these programs. Okay, well, so let me hold on one second, Paul. Let well, me. I got to get this one in real quick, sure. <laughs> uh, Carson. I think you you went back to your your seat uh, when I was still asking Frank this, but. Um, I asked him about Willie Rhyme and the way he played, and he told me, <laughs> speaking his mind, he said, hey, Scott, I don't want to talk about one person tonight because uh, this was a team win. I said, yeah, hey, I get it. And he goes, but I do want to give a shout-out <laughs> to Austin Park. <laughs> you don't want to talk about one player, but you want to talk about one player? <laughs> but that's, that's typical yeah. Frank, right? <laughs> that, is, that is very typical Frank, and I love that. I mean, Park was definitely, if there was a player to single out, 
I get it because there were so many forwards, so many defensemen that just did their part, helped keep the puck up. But there was one guy facing those shots late in the game after, like you guys talked about, that wool period when Canisius really didn't have many shots. I mean, Park very well could have been rusty. This was his first time playing in a couple weeks. But kept his head in the game, and he stepped up when it was needed. I mean, he only had, I think, what, 22, 23 saves on the night. But he made the timely saves, which is one of the most notable quotes I heard from Frank last night. Well, listen, you know, it's hard when you get 54 shots. It's kind of hard to single out. Oh, yeah. The, the, the skaters. I, it's 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 kind of easier to, to 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 single out the goalie who only let one get by him, especially in a two to one win. When no, t- totally. You know, um, whereas I fifty four shots. Each listen, I'm not looking at the shot chart, but you had to figure everybody had at least two or three shots to to get up to fifty four. I mean, so <laughs> a little, you know. Uh, it's a lot harder to, to to single those guys out when they're all doing it. No, 100%. 100%. Abs- no, you, you hit the nail on the head there. I mean, I went through my photo roll from the game. They also had me shooting last night. So, I mean, I can't tell you how many different players I got shots of them just shooting. And it was like defensemen. It was forwards. It was everybody. I know Austin Schwartz had quite a few. None of them fell. Defenseman Brandon Cook, who is not necessarily the most offensive player, he had quite a few as well. So it was really everyone. And I I kind of get that Frank wasn't willing to single one of those forwards defensemen out to you, Scott, uh, because like like Paul just said, there were so many of them. But he did tell me that Willie was doing his job. And uh, that's what I love about that kid. I mean, he takes a beating in front of that net and he was in front of that net all night long. It might not have been the shots. But boy, oh boy, he was a distraction for the goaltender. I joked with him afterwards. I said, uh, Willie, I said, I think you got a new roommate, that goaltender from uh, Canisius, because you were in his kitchen all night. <laughs> yeah, yeah, seriously. Well, listen, what I want to know is, did Austin Park get any shots? <laughs> I don't think so. Okay, I, I mean, I'm just, I'm just checking. I mean, everybody else got the chance to shoot. You know, maybe the goalie got a chance to shoot one. I don't know. Carson, he's taking us back to the Joy Decord days, I think. Yeah, yeah, seriously. I I didn't see Park get any, but you might you might have assumed so when you put up fifty four. I'm just asking. I just figured if they're going to share the wealth, share the wealth for real. Yeah, no, that's that's a great idea. <laughs> okay, here's what I want to know. Uh, you're a Texas kid. You go to Arizona State. Uh, you get out and uh, you get a job at Colorado Springs. Um, what, what do you like best? What's your, what's your best climate? Be fair. <laughs> uh, honestly, the, we- the weather here is not as bad as I expected. It's more snow than anywhere I've lived. My first job out of college was actually in Wyoming. Um, so I'm, re- I'm really used to the cold by now. It was much colder there. But we probably get more snow than we did here. Um, so it's I kind of like that there's four seasons. I mean, the fall was just beautiful with how – how the leaves change colors. I hear spring's going to be nice. I hear I hear we're in for some snow in the next couple months, but after that, it's going to be nice golf weather. And then summer. Summer is what I'm really looking forward to. I got here just at the end of it last year in August, and it was awesome. I hear it never really gets higher than 85. And being someone who has lived in Texas or Arizona, I mean, I'm used to 110 degrees, 120 degrees, those nasty, those nasty hot summers. I'm definitely used to the heat, but I'm not, 
I'm not longing for that hot. Yeah, the 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 veritable inex the the veritable uh, exuberance <laughs> and inexperience of youth. There's only four yep. seasons. That's right. Nice, really nice, warm, and a little bit warmer. Nothing. Uh, it, that's it. <laughs> no, this is cold. No, absolutely not. Snow? No way in heck. Um, the only place I want to see snow is on TV. Yeah. No, I, so. I like it. I'm a ski. I'm a skier, so I. I enjoy that part of it, but days when I just have to commute to work or go to a hockey game, I I prefer the ground to be dry. Well, listen, I can understand. Well, no, I can't. Not even a little bit. But uh, you could you could stretch my imagination. Oh, you're in you're you're in Phoenix, and you want to go up to Flagstaff for ski for a couple hours? That's cool. Um, no, no. As long as I as long as I can be back in the hot tub later, I don't really care. Right. Um, yeah. No, no. That was perfect. Yeah, it's snow. No, you can have it. You take it with you. Keep it. No, no, just no. No, for sure. <laughs> All right, Car- Carson. Before we go any farther, tell everybody a little bit about your background and uh, your love for the game of hockey and sports in general. Yeah, absolutely. Um, like you guys touched on, I'm a native Texan. Uh, grew up a big Texas A&M fan. Uh, had season tickets there to all their football games. So that's what really sparks my interest to sports in general. From there, it kind of expanded to everything. Love, started loving baseball, basketball, hockey, and really just kind of decided I want to do something in sports one day. I, from a very young age, I knew, okay, I'm not not going pro in anything. So something, whether that's coaching, journalism, definitely more my speed. And by the time I got to high school, I started checking out journalism programs, saw ASU had an awesome one. And then I did a summer program out there going into my senior year of high school, which was awesome. Got to do so many cool things that led me to the correct decision of going to ASU doing their program. And I mean, I covered so much there from ASU athletics, Phoenix professional stuff, high schools. I got so much experience there, which was just, I couldn't have asked for anything better as far as a college journalism experience. Um, But honestly, it's funny. ASU has this surging hockey program, but I never did a whole lot of covering them when I was there. Um, I did a few games play-by-play, broadcasted them, met, met Coach Powers a couple of times, seems like a really great guy, and he seems like he has that program going in the right direction too, so I think I think that's one of the programs that ASU fans are actually more optimistic about right now, um, but yeah, yeah, covered a lot of different stuff there, then like I said, my first job was in Powell, Wyoming out of college, was there for about 16 months, loved it, just wanted to get a little closer to home, so I went to Abilene, Texas for a little less than a year. And then made my way back out to the Springs. I've always loved visiting Colorado. So I saw this as a great place to continue the career, fun place to live. So it just kind of worked itself out, and I'm, I haven't looked back. All right. So, and, and this is, and, and we are obviously biased, but doing what you did, and I assume when you talk about the, 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 the camp, you talked about that sportscaster camp that they started doing a few years back, right? Yeah. Well, there's that one, but the one I did is, a little of everything. I has some students doing news, some doing sports. I was more sports focused. Um, so I got to do a lot of the same things that they do on that sports one, but it's it's a little different in terms of leadership. But yeah, it's a lot of cool stuff with the Diamondbacks, the Mercury, all the sports that are going on, going on around that time. All right. So uh, before I interrupted myself, um, we're biased here. We think hockey players are the best athletes to uh, to, to, to deal with um at, at most levels um your comparison 
Um, and you know, I'm not asking you to single out any names, by the way, I would never do that. But uh, are we, since you've covered more different sports, are we that off? Are we that wrong? No, I, I think, frankly, I really haven't. I have not had one bad experience with a player, a coach, fan, anybody really hockey related. It's It does seem like a very, very friendly contention of people to deal with, which I don't know why that is, but very polite game. But that said, I really haven't had many experiences with players that are negative in other sports. Had a few overprotective coaches and some other ones, uh, but that's, like you guys said, not going to name any names there or anything like that. Uh, but no, hockey, I mean, between Mayotte, Saratori, assistance for both programs have been awesome too. All of the guys for both of the teams. Uh, it's funny, they're so aggressive out there, so physical, playing nasty. Uh, but when you just get them in a one-on-one, they're so down to earth, just nice college kids. Yeah, I'm going to agree with you 100% on that one. Um, okay, so let's uh, let's take it back to the ice a little bit here. You and I talked also last night a little bit about you know what we know what Air Force has to do, right? Just win out, yep. <laughs> pretty much. Yep. They, they their fate uh, fate is sealed unless they don't win out. So uh, they they know what they have to do. But the Colorado College Tigers are in a completely different position, Carson, because yeah. they're going to have a conference tournament. And Paul and I talked about this last night. Um, I think there's a chance that uh, the NCH is going to have four, maybe five teams in the national tournament. And let me tell you why I think that. I think they'll have four that will be pretty secure before the frozen faceoff. But what if a team like um, the Colorado College Tigers upset somebody in that first round and get to the frozen faceoff? Are you going to count them out to win two games? I'm definitely not going to count them out, no. Um, I think I think getting past that first round is the big kind of the big bugaboo of it all I mean that's obviously a whole nother ball game playing at a road arena that's never easy but you look at this team and obviously they've had some stinkers here and there but they've been competing their current skid is very deceiving um I don't look at one game in this winless stretch and say wow they just got totally wiped out in this game um none of us I mean both games against Denver even the one at ball arena they looked they looked like a competitive team, even though, I mean, Denver, that's a tough team to match up with. They looked they looked very capable to compete. They had some things self-inflicted, some, some not. Some things go against them in both of those games, but I thought they could they can really match up with just about anybody. Um, so it's I think they could be dangerous if they're play, if they get a few more wins before then. I think they need to get out of the streak, win a game at Kalamazoo, win a couple games against North Dakota, maybe just get a couple more, get some of that confidence back. Um, because for a while it looked, it looked like they were going to just keep climbing. It's gone back a little bit, but no, I agree. I think, I think if they get some confidence, they can be really deadly. Carson, I, I, I don't know uh, how much hockey you watched uh, growing up. I mean, I, we know Texas has a big high school state tournament. And I guess it would depend on how close to Dallas you were um, as as a as a kid growing up. Um, but uh, what is something you know? What is one of the things that, as you've been covering it more closely now with Air Force and Colorado Springs, what is one of the things that has like surprised you about covering this game? 
Well, it's just so much more technical than I ever knew. Um, growing up in Texas, I, I followed hockey loosely. Uh, always would watch the NHL playoffs. Would always play the NHL video games growing up. And we had the Texas Stars about 20 minutes from my house growing up. So we had an AHL team not too close. We'd occasionally go up to Dallas to see the Stars. Um, but I wasn't as diehard as I am for football or maybe baseball. Um, but I've always known a little about the game, thought that I – I know a pretty good amount, but just between talking to Coach Saratori, Coach Mayotte, the players, you learn so many technical things about the game that are just like, oh, that's that's a lot more complicated than I ever realized. Um, so I, I have a new appreciation for the game. Obviously, I've always known the game is hard. I mean, I can hardly ice skate without a stick pads. Uh, see these guys skating so quickly, putting up shots, making checks, it's just that part just boggles my mind, but to see all this strategy, that's, that's a layer I had never seen. So it's, it's been really cool to check that out. Yeah. I'm going to totally agree with you again on that one, because uh, I know I grew up in Northern Minnesota and played hockey all the way up into college and all, you know, all the way through that. So I was very familiar with all the strategies and things like that. But um, what, what I tend to look for Carson is uh, the guys with, you know, the quote unquote hockey sense, and uh, the guys that have skills that maybe everybody else doesn't have. And uh, there's a couple of those. Um, I'm going to start with this one. The goaltender at Colorado College, Caden the Sponge Umberico. No, don't yeah. start. Don't, 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 God, Jesus, what are you doing? God. That, that's my nickname oh. for him, by the way. Uh, go ahead and feel it. Anytime you want to use it, Carson, oh, you can. God, He's the sponge. sponge. I like it. I they like pour it. water. No! Don't, no, don't encourage him. Oh, jeez. Carson, they, they pour water on him in the locker room so that he's sponge ready when they bring him oh, out. God. Uh, anyway, um, Caden, I, I saw Caden play at the World Junior uh, Camp, and uh, I, I was impressed by him. And when Coach Mayotte said he was bringing him in, I was going like, man, you got yourself a good one. But Paul and I have talked. He's, he's had a few struggles this year, and I, I think it's more freshmen. Uh, than anything else. I don't think it's really style or skill. What's your thoughts on what you see with Caden Umberico? Um, I think, I mean, considering he was a world junior player, I'd agree there have been some struggles. Some games where he has looked a little off. Um, that last goal against Denver, that that should have been a save. Um, the one where Denver had a five on three. I don't know if he was blocked out or what he saw, but that that was one that you look at as, okay, that's, that's something a high-level goaltender should have made. But, I mean, you look at, Game one against Denver. Game one, um, game one of of the last Omaha series. I mean, he's had so many just amazing outings this year. I, I've been very impressed. I think obviously he has high level experience between World Juniors, just Juniors altogether. But I, I think the guy's just going to continue to to develop because for every lackluster or somewhat lackluster performance he has, he just has one that that everyone talks about. I covered an Avs game the day after the first game between DU and CC. And I was just minding my own business, eating my lunch that day before the game. And people at the table over for me, I overhear them just talking about how good Caden Umberico is. Uh, night before, I think he made 40, 41 saves. Uh, he kept CC in that game, made it 2-0. Um, but yeah, his, his best games show what that guy is truly capable of. And he has the leadership. That's something you don't always see from freshmen. That guy, I can tell, is a leader in the clubhouse. Um, so I think I think that guy's only going to continue to get better. 
Okay, I got to throw this one in there. On the other side of the ice is a guy wearing number 41 and Hunter McCown. I didn't give him a nickname because Hunter and I are just like that. We don't need nicknames. <laughs> but anyway, uh, I've watched Hunter for a couple of years now, and he impressed me the very first time I saw him. And I asked Coach Mayotte that, and he said, you know, there's been some struggles here and there, but, um, you know, his role and getting him to play this way and that way, but uh, and his confidence. And I saw him and Coach Mayotte at the World Juniors as well. And, and Coach Mayotte thought, man, he might not make this team. He maybe doesn't have the grit that, that they need to make this team. And all of a sudden, he makes the World Junior team, and then he just excels. He comes on campus again, and he becomes a leader wearing a letter. And um, you know what he can do when he has the puck on his stick. He, he leads the country, I think, still in power play goals, and he's just a sniper. We saw what he did in that uh, breakaway um, that, he, that he scored on against Denver. Uh, just your thoughts on Hunter McCown, and, and how far do you think that kid can go? He's got another year left if he wants to. Oh, I think he can go very far. I mean, this is obviously my first year on the beat, like you guys said, but every year he's been here, from what I hear, that guy has just made a jump. But McCown has been great this year. He was good last year, and I think he was just – he was filling his role as a freshman. Uh, but the progression's been steady, and I know Mayotte, we, we asked because we didn't know if McCown was going to be this big of a star this year me and the fellow media members asked just what has led to this. And Mayo just said, he's the guy that does everything the right way in practice, which a little bit leaning into coach speak, but I believe it. This, he just seems like someone may, I don't know if there's a chip on his shoulder or what, but McCown does all the little things right. And that's helped him blossom into a star. Uh, in that same vein, right? Uh, I think the, the, the top players are easy to spot um in, in your year of covering uh the two teams uh and, and sort of i guess you've probably seen a few denver pioneer games yeah uh, ha, has there been and and i'm not saying there has to be I'm, I'm has there been a guy that for whatever reason not necessarily a star that you just keep noticing every time you watch him play well, maybe it's biased because this guy is just superhuman every time he plays CC, but Magnus Krona of Denver, that guy is lights out. Um, he's only allowed one goal to the Tigers, and I think his last five games against CC, which is – that's absurd. Um, yeah. He just has such a good presence around the goal from what I can tell. Uh, and then that I, – I was really impressed by Mueller. I think his name's Ty Mueller for Omaha. That guy really impressed me when they came th- – Omaha actually got swept that series, but Ty Mueller was a standout. I think they have another guy named Randall who is really good. I'm blanking on his first name right now. That's okay. Listen, you don't cover them on a regular basis, so that's fine. I I, I get that. That, No no one's going to beat you about the head and shoulders. (laughs) Yep. (laughs) You know, this is not a a, a fraternity, and there's no hazing here. Fair enough. enough. Okay. So, so Carson, I, I know you got a game to cover here shortly, but uh, I want to ask you, and I told I would ask you a little bit about Arizona State. You said you didn't really have a chance to do much with their hockey program, but you know about Mullet, you know about Coach Powers, you know what they're building there. It's your alma mater. Um, just give us your thoughts, if you can, on, on where you think the program is headed, and uh, are they still climbing, or have they taken a step back? Because Paul and I have talked about Mullet Arena being – um, obviously a beautiful facility and a place they want to protect, but boy, the competition they brought in this year might've been a little bit over their head. Um, and I just want to know your thoughts on what you've seen from a distance. 
Yeah, yeah, and it's it's kind of a shame. I know we talked about that team's kind of been plagued by injuries lately, so that might explain some of their losses. I know they got swept by Alaska, RIT, uh, but earlier in the year they played one really, really good game against Denver, beat Minnesota once. They looked they looked the part. They looked like a surging team. Now their record doesn't really lo- reflect that, but I think there's still so much positive. That new arena is going to bring in so much engagement. When I was there, as you you guys you guys both know the good old Oceanside Ice Arena, the oh, most yeah. beautiful facility. Um, <laughs> um, but yeah, no one would go to the games because they didn't want to go to an arena that was small and smelled like pee. Uh, but now you have this be- <laughs> this beautiful facility, and he means that very nicely, folks, <laughs> in, in the most endearing way. Yes. Yeah. Um, but you you see this new facility, which I still haven't been able to check out. I'm dying to. Uh, but you have an NHL team playing there. You have a high-level hockey team. It's going to bring in engagement. And Coach Powers, I know there have been up and down seasons in this tenure, but I think he's the man for the job. I know he is well-loved around the Arizona State community. And in a time where ASU has had a lot of questionable coaching hires, I think he's been the most consistent one. And it's funny, one of my only interactions with Coach Powers, most random thing ever, um, I was wearing my one of my ASU shirts on a Carnival cruise in the Caribbean, and this guy walks over to me and says, "Hey, I like your shirt." I was like, "Oh, thank you." And then he asked me, "Are you a student?" Just small talk, like, "What are you majoring in?" Taps me on the shoulder at the end, and he goes, "Hey, I'm the hockey coach, by the way." And I didn't even put it together because Coach Powers wasn't wearing his glasses that he always wears, so I didn't recognize the guy. And as soon as he like walked away and said, nice to meet you, I felt like the stupidest human on earth. Uh, <laughs> but Coach Powers, just from that interaction and a couple other times when I was doing some broadcasting, one of the nicest coaches you'll ever meet. And he seems, he seems driven for the job to turn ASU into a reliable hockey program. All right. So here's a question that I have to ask. It's not related to one specific team, although Scott will claim it is. Okay, and like you said, he you have a game to kind. I don't know how much longer you have, but um, you being of a much younger generation than certainly me. I don't know about Scott, but certainly me. <laughs> hey, I got um, a birthday on Friday, so you know. Yeah. Well, oh, whatever. happy birthday! Um, Thank you. <laughs> they 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 have this thing in college hockey called the pairwise. Yes, and it, and it's a computer thing. You know, maybe you being in your mid to late twenties can can explain this to us because. We old people are stupid and don't have any idea how this works because <laughs> we clearly uh, wouldn't put necessarily these teams in the order that they're in. And, uh, and don't worry, I'm not really putting you on the spot. I'm just joking because Scott's gone on a few rants lately about the pairwise. Oh, so I just thought maybe you could help us explain it because I can't. Yeah, yeah, I don't really know the exact formula. I keep up with it, obviously. I couldn't tell you exactly how they grade it uh, because a couple weeks back, Air Force was last in the nation, which part of me got considering their losing streak. But you look at some of the teams ahead of them, and you're like, okay, Air Force has a better record. They beat better opponents. I don't really see how the math is mathing here. Um, and I feel this way about some of the top teams in, in those rankings, so it's kind of confusing to me. I'm one that kind of likes to take a little bit of a calculated approach, but also a little bit of the eye test. I think the eye test can be very beneficial. I know it's obviously a little outdated. The younger generation, myself included, loves numbers, but I I don't know. I just like the combo a little better. 
There you go, uh, Scott. Yeah. You man after your own yeah, heart. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Carson, I went on a rant a couple of times, maybe more than that, about yeah. the pairwise. I don't understand how Denver cannot be a top three team. Uh, when you look at their wins, you look at their losses, and then you look at the other teams that, that are in there, wins and losses. How can a team that has as many or more wins than most teams, than 95% of the teams, be a number seven? And the other two teams that have the most wins are one and two. I don't get it. Yeah. Uh, I don't understand it. I think it needs to be adjusted, but whatever. That's uh, that's neither here nor there. I know you got a game to cover, so I'm gonna give you one final one because I know you got a great story that you got to tell. Um, you had an encounter with uh, Frank Serratore after a game, I think it was, or at a press conference, and, and he told <laughs> you there's some things that really, really we don't understand when we come to cover an Air Force hockey. Oh, are you are you referring to the lucky undies? Oh, that's what I'm referring to. <laughs> oh, I'm, I'm just going to take my headphones off for this because I don't know if I want to hear this, but okay. <laughs> well, Air Force did lose a game against Sacred Heart last weekend. I don't think he still has the lucky undies on, but when they when they had won four games in a row, those lucky underwear, as he called them, were staying on. He said this at a press conference before the Sacred Heart series. They were playing their best hockey they've played since probably, I don't know, October. Um, but yeah, that was his superstition. His wife, his players, his assistants, probably not too happy about it. Um, but I don't I don't know if it was just a product of better better chemistry, the lucky undies or what. Um, but yeah, Frank was sticking with that. You can always count on a great soundbite from Frank. So that that was pretty hilarious. Enjoy the game tonight. Thanks for spending some time with us. You're welcome anytime, my friend. It was great, uh, great having you on. Cheers, guys. Thank you so much. Thanks, Carson. Forks up, baby. Forks up. See ya. All right. That's Carson Field, the uh, beat reporter from the uh, Colorado Springs Gazette. Paul and I are going to take a quick break. We're going to be right back and uh, wrap up another episode of College Hockey West Weekly. At Behind the Mask, we know that players are always messing with their equipment and constantly need to borrow things like tape or need a new mouthpiece during the season. Point is that just because you are fully outfitted to start the season doesn't mean you're good for the year. Make sure that you are always supplied with all of the hockey accessories you need by visiting our stores or behindthemask.com. Whether it's an extra mouth guard, wheels and bearings for your inline skates, or extra rolls of tape for your stick, at Behind the Mask, we have all the little things that can make your time at the rink go smoother. Go to any of our three Valley locations or online at behindthemask.com. Passion, talent, development. NCAA hockey offers all that and its players graduate at a 93% rate. Trevor Zegras. And they score on the lacrosse move. Jake Gensel. Gensel banks it towards the goal. He before the NHL stage. Whether you're a fan or a player, nothing compares to college hockey. Visit collegehockeyinc.com and follow at College Hockey. So you're a few weeks into the season and that brand new equipment bag is starting to get kind of funky. Those sweaty gloves and pads, yuck. Well, there's only so much you can do about it. But when that new pair of summer skates starts to pick up that scent, that's easy. Our customizable shower shoes go right into the washing machine, then air dry overnight, and they're ready for the next shift at the rink. Customizable for your team or with your favorite player's name and number, Summer Skates, the ultimate hockey player's footwear, 
are perfect for players in the desert or even for just wearing around the house. Head to IcetimeHockeyWest.com and click on the Summer Skates link to get your personalized koozies and shower shoes today. From the nation's best college hockey conference, access exclusive on-demand content and watch more than 140 live games. Ready for you wherever you are, however you want to watch. On your phone, computer, or stream to your TV. Your favorite team is on nchc.tv. When you can't be there, be here. Subscribe now to watch the best in college hockey at nchc.tv. If it's nchc hockey, it's on nchc.tv. Really, JR, you think you can still do this? I'm focused. You're way too old to hit that target from there. I've been listening to everything you said. It's been running through my head, locked and loaded. All right, still got it. Still got it. Who's old now? Question, comment, let us hear from you on our text message line at 303-943-3772. All right, welcome back in, hockey fans, College Hockey West Weekly. It's where it all started for us at ITHSW Podcast. Uh, Scott Strandy with you tonight in the uh, now cloudy uh, Loveland, Colorado at the beautiful uh, Wingate Hotel. My co-host is always Paul Hornstein from that big, beautiful palatial estate where he calls home. Paul, um, your thoughts on Carson and a former and um, fellow ASU alum? Well, first of all, I don't know anything about any palatial estates because I don't have one of those like you do. Um, but <laughs> no, listen, it's it's great. You know, the, the, the one thing about being around people like Carson is they keep you young. You know, um, you hear the enthusiasm. And it's great when they agree with me, right? That's the well. That's the one thing I would have to caution him against is 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 doing that because he doesn't realize how dangerous that is. He also liked the sponge. I thought that was pretty cool. Like I said, he doesn't realize how dangerous that is. But um, uh, you know, and it's great because you know he's getting a chance to do all that stuff, right? He's 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 getting to cover a little. I mean. He's every night he's covering something different, and that's awesome. Now I don't know what goes on in Colorado Springs during the summertime. I guess he would cover golf or something, but um, or take his whatever vacation he's allowed to get. But um, you know, because apparently that's so uh, him, him and him and the him and Coach Powers go on cruises at the same time. So um, <laughs> he may also he may also make a few trips up to Denver to Coors Field because there is there well. They say there's a baseball team there. I'm not sure if it's a real one or not, but that's no, what they it, say. Well, it is. It's just, uh, you know, it's just um, video game baseball. But <laughs> okay. that's neither here nor there. But anyway, um, you know, so, you know, and he's getting to see it. And, and, and here again, right, we're sitting here and we're talking about Air Force. And, man, they're there, they're here, they're there, they're here, they're here, there. And, you know, when you actually sit there and look at it, here we go. It's the end of the season. So what happens? It's Air Force time, and having won 
base now having won five of their last six. You know, they win tonight in regulation. They're a point behind Canisius with four games to go. Uh, both teams have, um, you know, would have some work to do to keep ahead of the other or to not fall behind the other. Um, you know, Canisius has got games with uh, Sacred Heart and, um, and, and Holy Cross, while Air Force has uh, RIT and AIC. Not in that order, but you know, um, you know, RIT is going to try to keep winning to make sure that uh, uh, if if they do get bumped off in the conference tournament, that they can sneak in at large bid in. So both of these teams have got a tough, tough road ahead of them. Um, but once again, Air Force playing with house money, nothing to lose. Let uh, me uh, let me give you a few bullet points from last night. I think you'll find in. in- yeah, maybe enjoyable, maybe not. Um, first of all, it's not Air Force time; it's Rhyme time. I told I told Willie that I thought Rhyme time was no. kicking into gear. <laughs> he liked it. He he said thanks. Uh, anyway, um, then <laughs> then I then I talked with Luke Rowe and I said, hey, you know, this is typically a time that Air Force does what Air Force does, as you're referring to. And uh, he came back with a nice comment to me. He goes, yeah, you're right. And he said, I think we're getting there. I just think it's a little later than normal. He said, normally when we come back after break, we're red hot. And uh, and we carry that into the, the tournament time. But he said, uh, I think we're just a little, little later than that this year. And um, I think most people would agree. So they're another scary team. Um, another comment that I heard, overheard in the press box before the, uh, the podcast, or I guess after the podcast was over, um, one of the people from Canisius was saying like, yeah, you know, we're looking at it like this. If we get a, uh, if we get a sweep of air force, we could jump all the way up to fourth in the Atlantic hockey. And I'm going like, Oh, don't count those chickens yet because you're playing air force with one Frank territory coach in this team. Well, and uh, it's going to be a battle. It might not be an easy way to get all the way up to fourth and well, you listen, might find yourself going backwards. What would you want him to say? No, I, you know, I, I, I get it, but I'm, in, I'm just saying like that's a little bit overconfident you know, for a team and by that's the pretty way, close. And, and by the way, um, right now, uh, Canisius is only one point behind um, Mercyhurst, uh, and Mercyhurst has four games left, three on the road, two at Army, one at Niagara, and home for Niagara. So it is not inconceivable. That you could see both of these teams in Air Force and Canisius make the conference tournament and Mercyhurst fall out. Yeah, I think a lot of people are thinking that. I think they really are. You know, um, that uh, being said, they, though, Paul, Air Force has a really tough road because oh, playing, absolutely. Absolutely. playing AIC at home is going to be an advantage for them to play them at, at altitude at Cadet Ice Arena. Right. But it's going to be a real battle for them. And of then course. having to go on the road with RIT and RIT, the way they've been playing, they are on the uh, the rope right now. I mean, they they can't afford to lose many more if no. they're, they're no. going to get well, into Well, that's, that's what I'm saying. I mean, you're in a situation where um, if you're Air Force, you want to really get your damage done now, um, and 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 catch one of these two teams going into uh, that RIT series where, you know, you have other teams that 
you know, that will be forced to win, you know, put some pressure on those guys, you know, and, and everybody's talked about this series with Canisius and obviously Air Force needs to win both of these games or needs to win the second game too for this to be a, uh, a consideration. But that would put the teams two points apart going into the last four games. And so that would, I don't want to say give you more room for error, but at least give you two ways to get in that top eight. Yeah, exactly. Um, I, I will tell you from the Air Force standpoint that what I saw last night um, was a team that is coming together, a team, a full team. Frank talked about it in my interview with him. He said, uh, you know, we're going to run four lines out there uh, for the rest of the year. We're not going to change it up. We need to run four lines. That's the only way we can be successful. And uh, I think they're going to start to score some goals and maybe score them in bunches. So I'm not too worried about the offensive side of things. I am a tad worried about defense, about the um, goaltending, just because there's inexperience there. And I don't want to take anything away from Austin Park. He had a great game last night, got them a much needed win uh, after the team was probably a little tired. We all thought they were going to be exhausted. But when you think about that, and um, you wonder, like last night, how much did that build confidence in Austin Park to where he now feels like, hey, I can beat these teams? And, uh, and with that confidence, th might that be the difference in getting them into the tournament? Well, we're, we're their conference see. tournament I'm talking about. Yeah, we're going to see because, um, you know, I, they, they've kind of gone back and forth during this little this stretch here uh, between, uh, you know, between uh, Austin Park and, and, and uh, Maison Balboa. So we're going to see. Um, I, I'd be shocked if you – just because they won last night, I'd be surprised if you didn't see uh, Park back in the net tonight. Well, I think it's I think it's got a lot to do though, Paul, with with these number of games and travel that they've oh, had. Sure. So you know, I'm not sure who's going tonight, but uh, well, no, it'll but be that's a good my game. Point. I mean, you know, uh, first of all, when you're rolling, you want to keep things as much uh, consistent as you can. Frank territory would be on that kind of a. Yes, he would. <laughs> yes. yes, he would. So we'll just see. I mean, um, but, you know, biggest game of the year is tonight. Um, and then if Air Force happens to win, that makes the next game after that the biggest game of the year. And they're going to, listen, if you're going to tell me that you have to have a team that's going to be physically ready to play uh, six games in ten nights, is there a better conditioned team than the Air Force Falcons? One wouldn't think so. And if you don't you believe think me, anyway, if you don't believe me, go to my Twitter account, our Twitter account at College Hockey W, and check out my interview with uh, one Luke Rowe. He is one, one built dude. I think he can handle it. And, and, and the, le the leadership with Luke and, and Luke Robinson and, and uh, Willie Rhyme, man, they, they've got three really good leaders who have been there before and uh, know how to get it done. And they certainly know how to lead men. You know, and 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 certainly, uh, as we as we know over the years and game days, those are easy for these players. You know, yeah, even, those are even practice is easy for these players. <laughs> you know, compared to everything else they have to do at the academy. So, um, I I will tell you this, and I'm glad you brought that up because when I talked to Fluke Rowe, I asked him about these 
cross-country trips and how they might be wearing on the guys. And he said, you know, um, we try not to look at it that way. We try not to focus on it at all. But he said, you know what? Some guys are a little bit uh, shaken because they have classes. They've been on the road. They've missed a lot of class time. And um, he said, I think the word he used was stressed. And uh, he said, we don't like to be stressed on the ice. So we try to keep them as calm and collective as we can and, and let them just play freely. And I think that's where 54 shots came from. Yeah, I would say that that was uh, a pretty good uh, stress-relieving uh, situation. You get 54 shots. It's like, who's next? Exactly. Speaking of who's next, um, Lindenwood traveling to, Air For- or to um, Arizona State. Right. Um, it's going to be an interesting series. It's going to be a battle. It's going to be a real battle. I'll guarantee you that because Coach uh, uh, Zombo told us what they would be um, looking to do out there, obviously, besides win, but they are showcasing their players in, in front of, of a, you know, talent of um, a, a pool of uh, talent scouts, if you will. Um, so they're looking for that. ASU is trying to get back in the winning ways here. They've had a, a week off now to, to kind of mull over, maybe stew a little bit over that loss, that series sweep at the hands of Fairbanks. So that'll be interesting. Yeah. Um, and the pioneers, what are the pioneers going to do to Duluth this weekend, Paul? What's, what's your gut feeling? Because they, they still have something to prove apparently. Well, I, I think Denver is probably using their place in the pairwise as an extra motivator. Uh, we know they want to clinch the, the conference championship as soon as they possibly can. Make sure you get that number one seed in the NCHC tournament. Um, but I, 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 you know, your Bulldogs have been so up and down. You know, I, you know, this is one of those deals where you can't worry about what the other team does. Denver just has to take care of the business. On home ice, of on which home you'll ice. get three of their next uh, six games on home ice. You know, so. Um, big games coming up, you know, you can keep that distance and keep that space between yourselves and, and the three teams that are eight points behind you, uh, with six games left, you know, you can maintain that lead. And obviously if you, you know, you, you could possibly increase it. So. I mean, like I said, try and clinch that Penrose Cup so that Michael only has to give it out once. (laughs) Yeah, I hear you. Okay, and then another series that's really got my attention is LIU going up to to Fairbanks uh, because we saw what happened last week, and it was a real battle between those two. I can't imagine, Paul, traveling down to Long Island and then leaving Long Island and going back to Fairbanks and then playing the same team again, who you just had a real battle with, that that that's intriguing to me. Well, I will say this, right? Uh, for Fairbanks, um, sorry about that. Um, they made the, you know, they they played, they played Anchorage, and they were home for the two games against ASU. So they were home for a while before coming out here. And, you know, so it hasn't been the every week travel 
or the two-week or three-week travel that they're normally dealing with. So I think in, in, in this particular instance, this is nothing for them. Yeah, probably not, but it's still one heck of a long trip. I mean, I don't oh, no, care. No, 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 no. Listen, I'm not saying it's not. I'm just saying compared to their normal travel schedule, this was probably so, a piece of cake. So are you going to say this is advantage Fairbanks from the standpoint that they're, they're used to this type of thing? Well, I would say that it's an advantage or it's not a disadvantage for Fairbanks because they haven't done as much traveling in the last five or six weeks. Because they didn't, you know, remember there was three weeks between their, their series with Denver at Magnus and their home and home with Anchorage. Yeah. There were three weeks between that. So if there's ever going to be a time during the season where they're rested from travel, this was it. Yeah, totally right. Okay, well, that's all I got for tonight. All right, well, listen, um, once again, no shootout to decide a bean pot, and uh, we'll see what happens at uh, Cadet Ice Arena and, 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 and see if uh, Air Force can continue to be Air Force. Monday and Tuesday night hockey. You gotta love it, huh? Love it. Love it. At least I'll get to, like I said, I'll get to stay up and watch a couple of a couple of minutes anyway. And happy Valentine's Day, by the way. Whatever. It's the I'm not even gonna go there. <laughs> okay. From the Summer Skate Studios behind the mask, College Hockey West Weekly. Brought to you by Peterson Toyota. Whether you're looking for your dream car or shopping on a budget, we take the time to find the perfect Toyota to fit your needs. Behind the mask, whether you use blades or wheels. Whatever your hockey needs are, see our three Valley locations or BehindTheMask.com. Jesse Ray's Barbecue in Las Vegas, the best in barbecue Las Vegas style. Now at our two locations, the original at 5611 South Valley View Boulevard in Las Vegas and the new location at 308 North Boulder Highway in Henderson. For the NCHC and NCHC.TV, subscribe to NCHC.TV and catch all of the action from the toughest conference in college hockey, Jets Pizza. Go to JetsPizza.com to find your fresh deal at your nearest Jets location today. Top Golf, place of the world's most iconic golf courses without packing a suitcase. Find out how. See your local Top Golf Center or go to TopGolf.com. Caesars Entertainment Resorts and Casinos worldwide. It's where the action is, in the resort or in town. Liberty University, hockey education and faith with equal passion at Liberty.edu. M Drive. Go to mdriveformen.com to see which M Drive formula is for you. And by College Hockey Inc., your NCAA hockey resource. College Hockey West Weekly, presented by Behind the Mask and all of the IcetimeHockeyWest.com podcasts, live every week on the Podbean app and available for download at whatever your favorite podcast platform is. Search, subscribe, Review, rate, help people find the show at ITHSW Podcasts. That's all one word, ITHSW Podcasts. Behind the Mask, College Hockey West Weekly, and all of our weekly podcasts are part of the IcetimeHockeyWest.com network. Very well done, my friend. I will say uh, if you uh, so choose to get out to a Jets pizza, I know they have heart-shaped pizzas tonight for $7.99, nice. so you might want to take advantage of that. And also, I want to welcome our newest partner, the Spaghetti Shack, and Joey and the guys over there at uh, South Rural Road, and a new one coming right on the campus of Arizona State. Glad to have them on board. We'll have something going for them uh, this week, and then I got some surprises coming up. We might have some remotes live 
from uh, the Spaghetti Shack coming up when we do a Tuesday night podcast in the future. Oh, we like that. Oh, more ASU stuff. Good, good. good. Uh, yeah, you got to love that. Okay. All right. We'll see you back with little Roger Klein, the Peacemakers, De Niro. Happy Valentine's, everybody. Good night. <laughs>